If you are joining us for the first time, I also want to say thank you for being here, and we would love to connect you. This is a church family where we love you to be known, and we're going to talk about spiritual family for the next four weeks, and it's going to be a fun little series where we talk about just what God really sees when He looks at church, okay, what God sees when He looks at church. So spiritual family is one of the values of this church. We believe in spiritual family uh, as being a very, very important expression of the kingdom of God. And so we're going to talk about what God sees when He sees church. But I want to, I want to talk to you about um, a story that I, that, I, that I repeat quite often. I see repeat quite often. This story has names at different times. And the scene, the backdrop for the story is different at different times. But the basic story goes like this. I run into somebody in town, and, uh, um, I, and, and we greet. And basically, I understand from our you know, conversation that they're uh, aware of our church. They've even come to our church a couple of times. And, and in fact, if I were to push them a little bit more, I would, I would probably hear them say that, no, 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 they think, they consider OSC their, their church. You know, this is my, that's, that, that, that's my church. I, I go to y'all's church, Right. And then, um, you know, we would, oh, God, that's good, that's all good. So, you know, you, your family, what do you do in life? You know, and the small talk ensues. And, and at some point, the conversation just sinks to a slightly deeper level. And I hear, you know, okay, there's some challenges currently. And, you know, said challenges are mentioned. And, and I would go like, yeah, man, I, I can totally see that. You know, we're living in, in, a, in a weird time. And you know, there are a bunch of stuff going on. And, you know, God really wants us to help, help, help navigate those things. And, yeah, no, 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 yeah, I, I agree. You know, I pray, you know, and, and, and I, come to, I come to your services. And I'm like, all right, good. And uh, um, so, I, so I probe a little deeper. And at some point I realize, you know what? I would tell the person, you really need more than church. You need spiritual family. And then the person would be like, mm, yeah, yeah, no, oh, you're right. I, 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 go to, I go to y'all's church. <laughs> I'm like, um, okay, how can I rephrase this? And then the conversation would kind of go like, oh, well, look, I'm going to leave you. I'm going to let you be. You know, I'm going to let you go uh, because cause I really want to go. So I tell you I'm going to let you go. Uh, but I don't want to tell you to let me go. So I said, I'm going to let you go. Um, and then... <laughs> And then I go, oh, well, I, I always want to pray. I say, hey, can we just at least pray before we go? And I go, yeah, yeah, sure, you go. Thank you. I appreciate that. And so we'll pray. And then um, I'll never see that person again. <laughs> I don't know about you. I've had so many encounters. Are you okay, my girl? Did you get hurt? No? She fell. All right. She's okay. Sorry about that. That's better. Good. Ava, Ava, darling, please take a seat for Dad. <laughs> All righty, go. Now we can go. Y'all need to be, I don't need peanut gallery comments from the front, y'all, okay? <laughs> Cheap seats here in the front. <laughs> I love you. You're awesome. Okay, um, back to the story. So, basically, um, I would tell that person, you know, you need spiritual family. You need more than just a service on a Sunday. But sometimes it's like the thought just doesn't compute. It doesn't really connect well with people. Now, we want to tell people like that during this series, it's time to stop going to church. Yes, stop going to church. And I want to read to you why we want you all to stop going to church. God's highest calling for us as Christians was never to go to church. Now, I know that might be shocking for some to hear that. I know that might be completely counter-thought to what's going on in our society here. Because everything we've been doing has been, hey, we want to encourage you to come to our church. When you speak to other people and you're trying to encourage them to get real in their relationship with God, what would you say? You need to come to our church, right? Well, that's all good and well, but if that becomes our highest, under, the understanding is that that is our highest calling, then we're going to run into all sorts of trouble in our relationship with God. 
So that's why this series is called Stop Going to Church because God's calling for Christians is so much more than just going to church. And we want to head into that during this series. So we're saying this, the church is not a place you go to. It's a spiritual family you belong to. Church is not a place you go to. It's a spiritual family that you belong to. But in order to make this understandable and to order to bring a balanced thought over, because I know our title is kind of like, what? Stop going to church. I do need to talk to you all about what the Bible says church is. Okay? So Hebrews 10 verse 24 and 25 is going to be our theme verse for this four-week series. And we're going to delve into it in different ways and different angles. But it says the following in the, the Passion Translation, which is like an interpretive translation of what the true text says, but it is a beautiful exp- expression of what the, true, of the, te- the, te- the text means, uh, just described in, in, in more um, descriptive words. It says, discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them towards acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. You like that? That's beautiful. Doing beautiful works as expressions of love. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together. Let's say those two words together. Meeting together. All right, can we say that? Meeting together. It's almost like saying round circle. Because you can't be together if you haven't met. You can't meet if you don't come together. A round circle, a circle is always round. Something that's round can always be described as a circle. Meeting together. Do not neglect meeting together as some have formed the habit of doing. In fact, we should come together even more frequently. Even more frequently. Um, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate that day dawning. What day is he talking about? He's talking about the day of the coming of the Lord. And we know that the day of the Lord will come whenever it comes. But our job is not to try and figure out when that day is. Our job is to encourage one another on to all those compassionate works of love as we see that day approaching. Now, that day has been approaching and it will come. No one knows when it will happen. But the fact of the matter is that our job is to continue to come together and to encourage one another to be a people that works together to encourage one another towards goodness and to good works around us. So I want to show you a couple of pictures today. And then um, and then I want to ask you, what comes to mind if you think of these places? All right, you'll put the first one on. This is a picture of Walmart. What feelings come to mind? <laughs> I know some dread. <laughs> yeah, comes to mind when you see this, okay? So pictures and places evoke a particular feeling, a reminding of an experience, but it also, it also kind of reminds you of some, you know, how you view that place, all right? The next one. What do you feel when you see this picture? You know that wasn't a real dentist uh, appointment by what? Exactly. (laughs) The smile on her face. (laughs) That was fake. That's more a real dentist appointment right there, right? (laughs) Well, not really. We have wonderful dentists in South Africa. And I remember taking my kids there just before we came here. And man, it was just a glorious time for them. They were just like, they would really, really had a good dental experience. Y'all remember that dental experience and not the one on the, t- on the TV right now, okay? Good. What comes to mind when you see the next picture? Woo! Right? What's that, what's that, um, that official's name that, that made that call um, two years ago? Nobody still has, nobody has any more, you know, unforgiveness in their hearts towards the guy who lost us the Super Bowl. Like, you know, that, that, no, nobody, okay, good, good, well done, come on. Look at you being all Christian-like, church, I'm proud of y'all. 
Oh, let's be honest, that can have different, like, you know, emotions uh, in, in most of Right now, we're all just going, can it please just start back up again? You know? <laughs> all right, so we miss it right now. All right, last picture, last picture. Okay. Peace, I hear peace, I hear church, that's good. Sometimes we have a particular view of what that needs to be like and how that needs to be. And depending on how we view that is what our experience of it is going to be and what our benefit from it is going to be. And we want to bring a little bit of corrective uh, measures to our mindsets. The Bible says in Hebrews 12 that we are to let our minds be renewed by the Word of God. That's the only way our lives transform. Change only really happens when something on the inside changes. You cannot modify behavior long term. Only until something on the inside shifts does external change remain permanent. So we want to make sure that we have the correct internal view of what church should be and how we should view church. So in this, in this series, we're going to talk about four views that often the church get, get mistakenly um, seen as. And then we're going to talk through the Bible's view of what the church should be like. But let me first say that the word church in the Bible is, is normally the word ecclesia. Okay? And the word ecclesia means to the, assemb- the, the assembly. Okay? So it talks about people coming together. But it also means the called out ones. All right? as, if, as if everybody's dispersed into a bunch of things, but then they get called out to come and assemble. And for me, that's a beautiful picture of what church is because this is really not the full expression of church. It's this as well as the dispersed form. It's when we're in the world, but not of the world. We're living and working in the world according to the kingdoms of, kingdom of God's principles and the character and the nature thereof as well as when we assemble together to glorify and worship the one whom we serve out there and here, that we're becoming a better expression of what church ought to be like and how we ought to view church. So when the Bible talks about the church, it really means the family of God dispersed everywhere, but also that body being called out to come together to meet, like Hebrews uh, 10 encourages us, now is not the time to stop meeting together. And there is a very definite reference in that verse about coming together and not just be the church online, not just be the universal church. I'm part of the body of Christ. I'm saved, sanctified. I'm going to heaven. I agree you are. But the view of God of the church is more than that. God's view of the church is that it is a family. It is a connected unit. People that know each other and walk together who are known and loved at the same time. God wants us to be ecclesia. He does not want us to just be a special event one day a week. Or sometimes people go to a couple of special events in a week. We'll go to church on Sunday. Then we'll go to a life group on Monday and we may, may have like one other like form of outreach or something happen once a month. Uh, or we'll have a, um, you know, like a, like a, a meeting where we organize things, where we plan things, etc. Of, of, of some nature. But it's all little events that are related to the church, but it is not the church. And it's very, very easy to become so busy about the work of the church that we forget to build relationships. That we forget that the church is meant to be an expression of God's family to one another. So let's see what happens when we see church as a special event rather than a spiritual family. And and some of this might confront you a little today. Some of this might be telling you that, hey, I've been viewing church as a special event rather than a spiritual family. And my only appeal to you today is that that you will allow the Word of God to change your thinking about what we're doing here. So that you will start 
connecting and experiencing it in a different way, in a more scriptural way, in a more God-ordained kind of way. So the first thing is, if you see church as a special event rather than a spiritual family, church will be a place you go to rather than a family that you connect to. It'll be a place you go to. In other words, it'll have a time slot on your calendar. And like going to the grocery store to perform a task, like take, you know, doing, doing school events, like um, uh, you know, maybe a, 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 um, an outing with family to a theater or to a park or whatever, it'll be something you go, you do, you leave. And in between, you spare no real thought for it. Let me tell you this. I don't spare a lot of thought for Walmart when I'm not there. I don't. <laughs> I don't go, hey, my favorite cashier. <laughs> Just checking in on you. How's life doing? And if I ever do that, it's probably because that man working at the cashier is also kind of somebody that I'm either reaching out to to get them connected into spiritual family or they're a part of our spiritual family. And I'm rather calling them because they're spiritual family than because I can't wait for my next visit to Walmart. See, Ephesians 2 verse 19 gives us God's view of what a church is. He says this, You are members of God's family. And together we are His house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus Himself. And there's a lot to talk about in that verse about what does it mean that the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And what does it mean that Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. All of those are very important things that we, we won't go into today because we want to focus on this whole concept of family and being a member of a family. Now, true, you can be a part of a family and never meet with your family. And, and that might be true. You might, you might and, and, it's real, and it's possible that you're estranged and you're not reaching out. You're not interacting with your family members. But let's be honest with each other. When family get-togethers happen... You don't get to enjoy that. When, 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 when normal, you know, encouragement and, you know, that feeling of connectedness and belonging, you just don't participate in that any longer. And you don't experience that to an extent where it actually gives you identity, gives you self-confidence about who you are and what you're a part of. Even if you can be a part of a family without interacting with it, the benefits of family are actually only realized when you connect to it. When you interact with it. And it's the same for spiritual family. So if, you're, if, you're, if you have been coming to this, 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 these church services of ours, I want to let you know that there's like a whole life connected to people beyond this moment where we have a lot of fun we have, we have a lot of laughs, where we cry together, where we comfort, console, where we encourage, where we counsel, where we just fish together, hunt together, shop together, do all sorts of stuff together, just eat. Everybody's going to eat. Why not now and then eat together? And it's when you start doing that that you really start experiencing what we've come to love, and that is spiritual family. That is why... As the church, we believe that there is no such thing as disposable relationships. So if you've connected here once, I consider you a part. And you'll remain a part, even though you grow estranged. Until you tell me, leave me the heck alone. <laughs> I'm going to start, I'm going to keep assuming that you want to be involved. And we're going to pursue because that's what spiritual family does. If one family member kind of becomes a little absent, the rest reach out to them and goes, hey, what's going on? You okay? 
Because it's not just a, a place I go to once a week or three times a week. It's a group of people that I connect to. But if you see it just as a special event, you'll come once a week and the rest of the time you'll have zero interaction with it. And people reaching out to you will find it hard. They'll call you. And at some point you're going to go, oh man, this place is just inundating me with messages. No, we're inundating you with love. Because that's what love feels like. It feels like attention. It feels like I want to be in on what you're busy with. So don't mistake people's attention on you for people trying to you know, infringe on your privacy. Hey, <laughs> if you're living in the same house, privacy is a relative matter. All right? I'll be in my room, doors closed, like, you know, and I'm dressing up, and all of a sudden bursts in one of these little young ones. And they'll be like, whoa, sorry, Dad. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry, too. <laughs> but that's how it is. It's family. And we don't get too serious about it. If those moments become like a massive thing, then it is a thing. But if we just go, oh, well, be careful next time, we grow past it. But I want to encourage us all. The Bible says here that in Psalm 68, God places the lonely in families. God wants us to be members of His family, not just attenders to an event. And really, when you start experiencing that, you'll see happen to your life what happens in um, a forest of redwood trees. You know, these old redwood trees, they can grow almost 30 stories high. And, and, and sometimes we wonder, what, how the heck can a tree grow that high and stay upright through hurricanes and all of that? You know why? Two reasons. Number one, first and foremost, their own roots can sink up to 100 feet deep. So 30 foot high, but 100 feet deep. If you want your life to remain standing, you're going to have to shoot some roots somewhere. And that means that you're going to have to get involved somewhere with some people. And it doesn't have to be a perfect place. The second reason is that these trees grow in close proximity to one another, their roots intertwine. And so even if one's roots might come undone because of erosion or you know, water that, that is flowing next to it of some sort, it's still connected to the other roots and it still remains standing no matter what adversity it's facing in life. But you don't get that if you see church as a special event. You only get that if church becomes family to you and you push in roots and you get involved and you start knowing people and you start allowing people to know you. God really wants us to experience the blessedness of being known, fully known, and yet fully loved. You'll only know that you're fully loved until you've opened yourself up to the risk of being fully known. And I know that's risky, it's scary, but let me tell you, it's worth it. And many here will attest to that. The second one is that God wants us not to see church as a special event because at a special event you go and you get information. But in a spiritual family you can experience transformation. Your life can start changing in a spiritual family because you're not just there to get information. You're there to interact with people to make the information become practical. To make the information to be to apply the information practically to your life. It's easy to just walk away with information from there. But information is available everywhere. You don't need to come to church for information. You can ask Alexa. You know, hey Alexa, what's the verse of the day? And Alexa will tell you what's the verse of the day. Hey Alexa, what's the most trending sermon on, 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 on Google right now? And Alexa will tell you. You don't need to come here for information. I hope that the information we do give out here is at least good enough for you to keep coming. 
But let me tell you this, that until this information gets applied into your life, you're not going to experience what spiritual family is supposed to produce in your life, which is transformation. Not behavior modification, but transformation. An internal change. We don't just need wisdom. We need wisdom more than information. See, this information you're going to take, and how do I apply it? Some of you will go, well, you know what, I'm so busy. You know, I, my work schedule just doesn't allow for that. You know what? You received information. You haven't received wisdom yet. That thought that you have right there, you need to take that thought up with a couple of men around you and ask them, hey, how would you do this? Like, so I need to come and connect in spiritual family. Let me show you my life and you tell me where and what must I do. Now you're starting <laughs> already to become part of spiritual family because you're disclosing. You're letting people know your challenge. And then somebody go, hey, I used to have that. Or somebody go, hey, I'm in that right now. Here's what I'm doing and it's, and it's helping me. We need wisdom more than information. We need God's presence more than just answered prayer. Getting our prayers answered are really important. But sometimes, for whatever good reason God has, prayer, answer to prayer are delayed. And in the meantime, we need His consoling presence in our lives to keep us going. To keep us going. And you know what? Sometimes the presence of God is just best experienced with other people. There's something about the corporate assembly that ushers in a, 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 a connection to God that you cannot get to on your own. That's why I love coming together in settings like this and worship. No matter how deep and intimate worship times I can have on my own, and I do have them, it, it, it just doesn't get to when we're led in worship here and the anointing of God starts flowing like it did this morning. And, and you're just able to, to lay your life and your heart bare before God. And say, here I am, Lord, change me. There is something about the presence of God that we need. And, second, and thirdly, we, we don't just need um, uh, like availability. We need, we need pursuit. Okay? So it's, it's not enough that the information is there, that the wisdom is available. We need to get it. You need to actually activate yourself to go out and find it and take a hold of it. And that requires you to connect with other people. And that requires you to go, hey, what would you do in this situation? Come together in life group and go like, oh my goodness. You know, I didn't know that there were, many, there were other people out there facing the same, same things I'm facing, yet they're acting differently from what I am. They're approaching it differently from, than, than I am. I am sitting here and, and just experiencing it Yet, these guys are pursuing something within it. They're also going through challenges, but they've got a different mindset about this. For them, there's an expectation of a solution. For me, there's just hope that it might go away. We need pursuit. And you're only able to really, really do pursuit if you're with one another. The Bible says, if one falls, he falls alone. No one to help him up. But if there's two you can help each other up. And the faster you get up after you had a setback, the more momentum you retain and the further you can keep going. See, Matthew 28 says this, and we read the first part, but we often forget the second part. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then it says, the second part, the second part says this, verse 20 and teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. Teach them to obey all the commands I have given you. It's more than just sitting and listening. It's becoming active as students and active as teachers to figure out how do we live this Christian life? How do we apply these teachings to our lives? And that talks about being transformed, not just getting information. The third thing that happens if we see church only as a special event and not as a spiritual family is this, that it becomes optional. It becomes optional. However, when there is a, when there is a, 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 a spiritual family mindset, it's a priority. 
It's a priority. How many of you will say no to other things to attain family dinners? We can understand that in the physical. But sometimes, unfortunately, church becomes our last priority. Why? Because we see it as a task that needs to get ticked off. And if I didn't do it this week, it's okay, I'll get to it next week. It's just a place I go to. It's just an event I attend. Your life can never change into the image of Jesus Christ if you keep just attending church. So I want to tell you today, if you found yourself in the first three things that I've mentioned here today, I want you to stop going to church. Stop going to church. In fact, there's another verse that the Bible says that actually goes along with it. He says, don't be just hearers of the word. Become doers thereof. Otherwise, you deceive yourself. This falls for me in the second category. If you don't stop going to church, you're just deceiving yourself. You're just deceiving yourself. You're putting a little tap on your back and said, yep, did that. Got that done. Now let's get on with the real life. God doesn't want us to just go to church, guys. He wants us to really experience spiritual family. Hebrews 10, 25 says, This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together. I want to declare this emphatically over this time of the virus. I want to say two things to you. Stop going to church. And second, stop meeting together. Stop, uh, sorry, let let me rephrase that. Stop going to church and stop neglecting to meet together. How can we do that? See, that's the dichotomy. That's why we, we think that is, a, that's, that is an opposing view. It is not. I'm saying one and the same thing. Because if church is not an event, it's a family, I don't have to come to a physical meeting to remain part of it. But let me tell you this. If you're sitting in isolation right now, you haven't talked to anybody of church in a couple of weeks, then you're not experiencing spiritual family. And therefore, you're not doing church right. Because God never meant for it to just be an event that we go to. He wants us to connect relationally with one another and stay on top of things with one another. Keep processing life together. Yes, you might be unable to come to a physical service right now, but let me, let, me, let me use one of our members as an example, Miss Cindy Potter. She, because of health reasons, not even related to the corona thing, but as a result of it, more seriously, had to stay in quarantine now for, for almost eight, nine weeks. I've no, I don't know anybody more connected into this spiritual family than this woman. She doesn't see church as an event. She loves coming here. And she desperately wants to come here more often. But she's more connected into the, into the relational network of this church than many of us. That is what it is like to be a part of a spiritual family, not just a church. If we only hear and see you on Sundays, well, then there you have it. And that doesn't mean that everybody has to report into me for crying out loud. <laughs> My phone will never stop ringing. But you have to have somebody that you connect to. Somebody that can help you process your information into wisdom. Your knowledge into practice. Somebody can help you change the way you do church. So that it becomes transformational to you. Not just information. So that it activates pursuit in you. Not just the availability of comfort or hey buddy see Hebrews 25 says it's not the time to pull away as some have formed the habit of doing in fact we should come together even more frequently in a time when coming together like this is restrained it's even more important that we come together relationally through the week Every single day of the week, having a couple of people that you check in with, that you continue to journey along with. Is that what that's what makes us strong? Church is not a part of our lives, it is our lives. We are the family of God. 
you don't go and do family for a for a, a couple of hours every week and then you're no longer it your family every day of every week of every month of every year God wants us to live like that because that's when you start experiencing the true blessing of being a part of a church hey guys sit. the last point number four at a special event it's all about what I can get in a spiritual family it's also about what I can give I would say not all about what I can give it's also about what I can give it's also about what I can give each and every one of you has amazing gifts amazing like heart compassion love to give to people around you and all of that is remaining with you if you come to a church meeting as a special event and just get what you got get what you needed and then off you go and then the rest of the week is all about you the only way to live with Jesus at the center of your life is to actually allow the body of Christ into all of your life and that doesn't mean that we have to stand up every day and the whole day talk to people about God and preach to people and the whole day pray it's not what I'm saying and we'll talk more about that as time goes on because the kingdom of God doesn't need us naming the name of Jesus the whole time to represent him but if Jesus is at the center of my life I will represent him even when I'm not talking about him in order to live that kind of a life we need spiritual family we need more than a special event spiritual family also talks about the fact that we have like my family we have we have chores right kids help set the table they help clean the table sometimes they help doing dishes they certainly help clean the house right and then at times there are like special things that we ask them to do to help us go get us things maybe help help with you know um when visitors come we expect certain things of our children because they're part of the family but you know what they get they get incredible amounts of love and encouragement and affirmation and incredible amounts of grace <laughs> by the way kids are welcome in the church okay don't let that put you off when we experience the benefits of it we get to give back into it and you know what the more you become part of the making family stuff happen the more you start experiencing family at the same time again as well that's the beauty of it it's when you put in a lot is when you get out a lot look I've been around church for for a long time and the people who have grown in the relationship the most have always been always been the people who have connected in the most always standing on the fringes gets you information but 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 stepping into it and jumping into it brings transformation to your health to your to your life you see this response that I often get yeah I come to y'all's church has a massive issue for me can you guess what it is y'all's church not this is my family now surely there is a place of starting and we don't despise that and so when somebody does tell me that I don't immediately go oh brother <laughs> you got it wrong no <laughs> I, <laughs> I first try to figure out where is that you know how is I get more information but if he's gone for year, year to, towards a year and not even speaking about more but it's still y'all's church something's wrong something's wrong it has to be my church 
but more than my church, it has to be my spiritual family. See what happens in a church where it becomes my church, right? Where it's my family. If we get to that place, then this becomes possible. Acts 2, verse 44. All the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property, possessions, shared the money that to, with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared meals with great joy and generosity. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. The best evangelism strategy, the best way to get people to become saved is to be spiritual family in our community. Is to be spiritual family in our community. When I start loving somebody, my heart opens up to that person. My wallet opens up to that person. My home opens up to that person. That's why we love bringing people to our home. If you're in any form or way in this, involved in this church, you're going to get to come to our home. I should have said that different. You're going you're gonna to get to a, a moment where you're going to come to our home. Not like we're such a special people that you get to come to us. I'm not, I don't mean it that way. I mean, I, mean, I mean to say that at some point you're going to come to our home. Because that's how we do things. And there's no special requirement for you to come. But do you want to come? Do you want to come and be a part of what we do here? That's my question. If you do, you're welcome. That's your qualifier. You just need to come. You just don't want to come. But when we see it as my spiritual family, I start thinking about how can I make it better? See, if it's an event you go to, you walk away and you go, mm, yeah, the worship was a little off today. You, you felt that? Yeah, I felt that. It was, kind of, it was kind of, you know, they did much better last week. Or you go, oh, I don't know about, you know, the bathrooms. It's not, it's not, or the way they did, the way they made that, you know, that decor in that little, you know, corner over there. Oh my goodness. I'm not even saying things that doesn't happen in life. I'm saying real things here. But it comes from people that see it as an event. Because if it's an event, I critique the decor. I critique the production. I critique the info. But when it's spiritual family, I go, hey, I'm proud of this. This is us. Let's make it better. How can I add? How can I contribute? Hey, next week, I'm going to bring a decoration. Decoration. I'm going to add. If I don't like it, it's okay. Other people might like it. You know, when you grow up in family, you know, as kids, your room looked different from your brother's room. Hopefully. It's just how it is. But it was still part of the house. So I want to say to you this, that if coming to church on a Sunday is, is very, very hard for you, right? It's probably because you've not been experiencing spiritual family throughout the week. And you're so exhausted that the thought of giving up a couple of hours on a Sunday morning and not using those hours to rest out is just too much for you. Look, I understand. I fully understand. I would be right there along you, along with you. If I didn't have spiritual family throughout the week, the things we go through, the things I have to you know, face, the things we're, we're thinking about all the time, man, it'll weigh me down to the point where I would like, man, I just, I just need some, I just need a, a little time away. I just need a, let me just be on my own a little. You're playing right into the enemy's game. His first priority is to isolate you from the pack before he takes you out. Don't fall for it. If you don't experience and connect in spiritual family throughout the week, your weekends, you're going to feel, oh my goodness, I just need it for me. 
But when you're built up, supported, kept up, encouraged, and enthused with faith and expectation and hope throughout the week by your spiritual family, you're able to go on a Sunday and say, what can I bring to help other people? How can I add to other people so that they might come and stand throughout the rest of the week? That's God's desire for all of us. So that we might be strong during the week, not just barely making it and, and, and you know, I'd always joke when, we, when, when one of our kids came, things got rough at some point and people were asking us, hey, are you guys okay? We said, we're still kicking up for air. Because sometimes life becomes overwhelming. It, it is. It is. And it's nobody's fault. It's just life. But what kept us kicking up for air was the fact that we were connected. We didn't do it alone. Listen, that thought is, is the, <laughs> it's the biggest lie that the enemy can tell you. You need to do this next little bit alone. Don't fall for it. It's a lie. It's going to take you out of spiritual family and then it's going to take you out been around the block a couple of times with this whole thing seen it happen countless times countless times if spiritual family becomes a part of your week then the weekend becomes a time of celebration and rest in the presence of God like my wife said you don't need time off to rest you need presence to rest and sometimes you do need time off to rest physically but that's all rest you get from time off is physical rest you don't get emotional rest from time off. You get emotional rest from time and presence. And that's why you need the people of God around you. God wants each and every one of us to have three relationships as I close in the spiritual family. The first is that is being a son and a daughter in the spiritual house. Ask yourself this this week. Am I a son and a daughter to this spiritual house? And if not, how can I change my view of church so that I will become a son and a daughter? Then ask yourself this, am I a brother and a sister to some of the other people in this spiritual family? And if you're an only child, that might be a difficult thing for you to understand. But I will tell my kids constantly, go help your brother. Go help your sister. Hey, let them make some decisions and you follow. Hey, let them, hey, go listen to your sister. She's telling, giving you a good idea to do. I constantly facilitate sideways, horizontal influence and relationship and leadership with my kids. That's how God wants it from us. He wants us to be submitted one to the other. To learn from one another. And to, to act in that way so that we can become a strong family. Are you being a brother and a sister to the people next to you? Or are you just ignoring all your brothers and your sisters? You know who also did that? Well, Cain. Who then later killed his brother. Argued when God asked him, where's your brother? Am I my brother's keeper? Yes, you are your brother's keeper. If you think of somebody, it means the Holy Spirit wants you to check in with that somebody. Pick up the phone and make a call. Because we're family. And then the last one, God wants us to be fathers and mothers to this spiritual family. I am not the father of this spiritual house. God is the father of this spiritual house. But He wants each and all of us to become a Paul to a Timothy. Somebody that we can mentor, somebody that we can walk with that is younger in their faith than us. That we can continue and help grow in their relationship with God. Because that's a spiritual family. It has fathers and mothers, it has brothers and sisters, and it has sons and daughters. Can we, can we ask God together right now to change the way we engage with spiritual family? Can we ask God to help us all stop going to church? And just viewing it as a special event. But change our behavior. Change our interaction with it. So that we might see it as spiritual family. And learn to live as spiritual family. Let us all stand right now. And let's pray that. Because 
that is going to be our response for today to God's word. I want to leave you with this thought. Hebrews 10, 24 says, Discover creative ways to encourage others and motivate them towards acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. Love will cause us to check in. Love will cause us to reach out. Love will cause us to connect, to build relationship, to be spiritual family. Father, we just want to come today and repent of our, our view, Lord God. Just seeing it as an event that we need to come to or a couple of events we need to go to every week. And not seeing how the relational connection needs to carry out through the whole week, through everything that we do, Lord God. I pray that you will help us to change our perspective this week, that we might start seeing this as, as a family that we connect to and a family that we choose to connect others to, that we choose to involve others. So as we were adopted into this family, more might be adopted into this family that is being led by you to a place where we can experience your love, your encouragement, your faith in our lives in every aspect of it, Father. So we might remain standing, Lord God, through all the things we're going through in this life, Lord God. Lord, help us to get this message across right to people's hearts during this time. If you're willing to allow God to just work on your perspective, why don't you just raise your hands to Him and say, Lord, here I am. Change me. Change my heart towards church. Change my heart towards spiritual family. Do a work in my heart so that I might start living exactly as you want me to live with spiritual family, with you at the center of my life and church integrated into every part of my life. Thank you, Lord God. Holy Spirit, when you move on us, you change what we see and what we seek. And I pray right now, Lord God, that you will birth a desire on the, each, on, on the inside of each and every one of us to seek spiritual family. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's take our seats.